0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I'm Andrew Decker and I'm here with my co host Andrew Harris. Hey everybody. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Excellent. We yeah. survived we survived the Snowvid twenty twenty Snow. Snowpocalypse. Well Snowpocalypse was a few years ago. That's when we had the cobblestone ice.
1: I think people were trying to bring it back though.
0: No, I think did you know is...
1: this winter storm had a name? It was Uri.
0: URI? You Uri. Are Uri? Umi. Umi? What I mean, I, I
1: don't know, but I didn't know it had a name until like after everything was done. I didn't know it was a named storm. Yeah.
0: We all, survived. All and then, I know is, is it was cold. We survived. We made it through. Yeah. And now it's almost like springtime.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm still wearing a jacket, but it's still, it's like balmy outside. Yeah. It's and our nice. office, our office uh, survived. The, survived. The new office, no busted pipes, thankfully.
0: <sighs> Thank you. Yeah yeah
1: i know you're happy about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) you are too because yeah i think it was your bathroom that we had the biggest problems with
1: right yeah well it's an external pipe and all that
0: so yeah
1: anyways it seems to be seems to be okay
0: we seem to have made it through most of us made it through i know that this week has been uh, a little bit of a disaster because of it i've been running I, i actually saw myself walking in the door as i was walking out the other day it was so busy um
1: but we're here now. Yeah, we're here. And thankfully, we don't have to talk to insurance agents. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners out there probably do. And you know, the only, the worst, there's only one thing worse than talking to an insurance agent. Talking to your spouse? No. No, no, no oh, Sorry, no, sorry. No. <laughs> of course not. I love um, talking, uh, talking to the to cops. cops. To the yeah, cops. That's yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah, I, you know even if i get pulled over for a traffic ticket I, I i still get the little sweaty palm and like i do too what what's going on i'm
1: nervous i i yeah i and i'm sure the cops are like why are you so nervous i'm like because you have a gun on your hip and i don't know what you're going to do man
0: <laughs> and you don't know me and yeah yeah it's been a while since i've got a traffic ticket but you know and i and i was pretty sure it was because i was speeding but at the same time i'm like is, is, did i do something else is there something else yeah. going on yeah.
1: Or, you know, we we've talked often on this show about DWI. Like, is he going to be under the impression that I'm somehow intoxicated, even though either of it was us about 930 yeah. morning on a slightly rainy day? Well, yeah. And I and I don't drink. And yet I'm still like, man, this is the day I'm going to be asked to do some standardized field sobriety tests, uh, which I'm not going to do. But whatever. Anyways. Um, so, so yeah. yeah, I don't like. I just feel like these people of authority who are trying to lord that over me and trying to, you know, trying to be as intimidating as possible. I don't like talking to those
0: individuals. Correct. And often our clients uh, in those stops, the cop doesn't mirandize them because they're not under arrest. Yeah. And so they just start asking them questions.
1: Right. And I, you know, and, what i tell my clients obviously i mean i i advise
0: them by know, the way the topic today is talking to the cops talking to the cops
1: yeah that was that it, not clear
0: I, I, just in case it wasn't obvious oh well so we're talking
1: today about talking to the cops <laughs> and i always advise my clients and i think you do too like no you don't you don't do not do them. it don't do it their their job right is to um is to compile evidence and and try to make a case and sometimes they're trying to make a case where there really isn't a case
0: and and put that in fancy terms they're trying to elicit evidence exactly right and that aren't those the the, sure the, the fancy terms i think that's what they're they would say they're trying to do right um but but a cop can talk about anything and and ask you questions just like if i walked up to you on the street i mean basic rule of evidence basic rule is a cop can do anything that your neighbor can do yeah. Um so if you're if you're sitting on your front porch and the cop drives up and walks up on the sidewalk and says, uh, "Hey, what you drinking?" Yeah. He can ask that or she. You don't have to answer him, but they can ask, "What you smoking?" You can go "Nothing" and walk inside.
1: Yeah. Right? And You know, just just it's like at that point it's just the same level of uh Inquiry as like, hey, what what's the weather? How, right. How's the how's right. the local
0: sports team? Or the neighbor walking up, you know, the neighbor yeah. walking up and going, "What you smoking?" You might say, "A Cuban cigar," right? Might be true, might be not. Right. But a cop walk up and you say Cuban cigar, and you're lying. He goes, "I ask him a simple question, and they lied." So, so what I always say, and and I
1: I think you know the general rule is, if a police officer is asking you some questions, and maybe it touches upon something that, you know, our clients shouldn't be doing, don't provide any information to the police. But there's a few caveats to that, right?
0: There are. Again, the the general rule is do not talk to the police, especially without an attorney present.
1: Yeah, and even then, I, you know, it has to be in very specific situations on when I'm going to allow my client to, to talk with police. Or sometimes want
0: my client to talk to the police. Yeah, and I,
1: I really do want my client to talk to the police in situations like where they're caught up in, you know, maybe uh,
0: they're, they're some
1: allegation that my client's involved in some sort of drug ring, uh, conspiracy, engaging organized criminal activities, stuff like that. If it is like, you know, an, uh, uh, God forbid, an aggravated sexual assault of a child case, no, uh, there's there's, there's no not. there's no reason why we would ever be talking to, um, a, an uh, investigator, right? Uh, 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 law enforcement, law enforcement at all, right? Yeah, um, uh, you know, I mean, I guess unless I had like an ex parte, uh, polygraph examination that came back clean for my client, maybe we would uh, bring that to the attention of the of the prosecutor. But definitely but again, not. That, that's not that's
0: not. Yeah, the it's cops, a different right? situation. We're actually going to get into that a yeah. little bit. So, so generally, we're not going to talk to the police, but Mr. Harris and I, both that we talked about this earlier, um, both have actually had cases where we were able to go to a detective early uh, with our client and answer a few questions and, and end up with good outcomes, cases getting dismissed before they ever even make it off a detective's desk. Um, uh, I would say in those cases, I've actually probably got a better than 50 50 of cases being being dismissed i've talked to my client i know what they're going to say i don't tell them what to say i just make sure that the information they have isn't going to automatically incriminate them um yeah because if it is let me talk to the prosecutor about it because the prosecutor is going to have a whole lot more room to move stuff than a detective
1: yeah if you're if you're already at that Point in time in your in your case, I would definitely approach the prosecutor first. And even even you know here locally, um, I know my prosecutors. I know which ones are handling which type of case, and I'll go to them first. Even if the case has not been filed or indicted, I'm going to go to that prosecutor first and say, you know, hey, we have some information, yada yada, uh, just very vague. Um, you know, I, this is what I would like to do now. You know the prosecutor. How many times, Andrew, has a prosecutor said, "If you give me X, Y, and Z information, I will do, you know, this. I'll dismiss this case, or
0: I'll give you some some guarantee." Up, ahead, before up, up front, before they have the yes. information, I don't know that I've ever gotten
1: that. exactly. I have never had that kind of agreement. I have had
0: a detective do that for me. Yeah, did um, it work out? It did work out. Okay, uh, and that was, but it was a very specific thing. It was a kid that was caught with some edibles um at a local high school and the detective said uh, you know while that's bad he had you know like three gummy bears worth he goes i'm not terribly worried about that the only reason we know is because he gave one of his buddies one of them um he goes i'm really worried about this other guy that's distributing that and other stuff at the school can your guy provide some information and if so i'm probably going to drop his case and within about three days, his, he was able to, we went in, we talked to the detective, the guy who was able to point out exactly when and where stuff happened at the school. And sure enough, our case was dropped.
1: That's great. That's a, that is exactly what you as the attorney, uh, that's the result that you want whenever your client is providing information. Right. And, right. and I, I think the problem is a lot of our clients, um, and I've had this happen to me a couple of times. But they, they hear, um, you know, from their cohorts, their colleagues on the streets or, or maybe even their family, like, never talk to the cops. Don't talk to the cops under any situation or circumstance. Right. And they
0: hear from us. Don't talk to the cops. Right. And then we go, okay, this is now a, it's this, the time. A, there's a little bit of an opportunity here. And I've had someone who tried to do the same thing and they backed out before the cop was satisfied. They had enough information case got filed yeah and, and in that instance right like and it was the same cop so i knew it, i knew that it was a good good offer
1: right i mean and i guess that the the fear
0: detective, i'll be honest it was a detective to be clear
1: yeah we've had this conversation too i, I don't think i'd ever let my clients talk to a patrol deputy or a patrol officer it, it's gonna have to be another level up an investigator a detective who has a little bit more experience um somebody i trust a little bit better yeah yeah.
0: i've talked to one dps officer that went really really well yeah um but that's because i literally made phone calls like at 10 o'clock at night yeah
1: and and that you know i just don't know if i would um it it, me i'm i'm happy that it worked out for you in that instance obviously that's you know just not something that i would um feel comfortable uh, it was a one it was a one time yeah Right. And I have talked with some DPS officers, but I think it's either like they go to, from one extreme to the other. They either say, like, I'm never talking to the cops under any circumstance and I don't care what my attorney advises. Or I see on, the, on TV, like, I will give them this information with the guarantee up front that this case won't be filed. And it, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, I'll talk to the cop if it's going dis- uh, to be dismissed. Like, why? They're not going to give us that guarantee. Right. I mean, and it's not just talking with the cop. You've got to go in with that information. That's verifiable. That leads them to quality evidence. And then you have to participate uh, in the uh, in the trial. If it does go to trial, you're going to have to testify against whomever you have information on. Right. So it can be a little bit more complicated than just like, oh, here's everything I know. You know, the police, in my experience, if it's a drug case, they're going to want to have access to all of your social media. They're going to have access to your cell phone. They're going to be asking you about things that you may not think
0: are relevant
1: to, uh, to what, you know, maybe you're under investigation for.
0: Right. And and I've not had that encounter. Uh, I've seen it. Um, I've not had that encounter with my clients. And if the detective said, Hey, I want to see all their stuff. I'd probably say that's well beyond the bound of what what we're, what my client is willing to do at this time. Partly because, I don't want anybody going through my cell phone and I don't have anything to hide. Right. There's just, well, I, you know, I mentioned, you know, talking to my spouse, right. I do a I do some flirty chats with my wife. I, I, I don't want everybody else reading that. Well, Andrew, nobody else wants to read that. Um, <laughs> you know, and,
1: <laughs> cause I think all of our listeners know from this podcast, like, you and I, we
0: just don't have game, you know? Yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And I apologize to my wife for anything that I might say. <laughs> it would be embarrassing. To yeah. us. Um,
1: well, and I, that's why the only time I think it's imperative for our, for our listeners out there to know the only time that, that it's okay for our clients to talk with anybody uh, involved with law enforcement is when their attorney is present, when their attorney is involved, so they can set those ground parameters. Okay, like what exactly are you looking for? What are you needing now? If your client, you know, if they if they have some some allegations that your client has been setting up, you know, drug buys or or drops or whatever via text messages they're or gonna information, look they're going to want to look at that phone. Right. And so sometimes it's not out of the realm of possibility. Sure. Now, that's on a drug case, right? Remember, if this is an aggravated sexual assault, maybe a child pornography case. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. Well, one, I'm not, I'm not letting my client talk to the police. They're gonna have to get a warrant or whatever they're gonna do to seize these electronics items and and do what they got to do. But we're not voluntarily giving up that information.
0: No, no, not 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 at a detective level. No, and not early on. No, we're we're gonna have to let the the dice roll with uh, at trial, for sure. Or, or possibly at a, in, in plea negotiations, which brings us kind of to when, uh, when talk actually happens, sometimes without, uh, well, we end up having to divulge some stuff during plea negotiations on a regular basis. Even if you say, my guy will take a deal, right? That's indicating your guy is willing to say what? I'm, I'm guilty. guilty. Right. I'm Um, glad we were on the same page on that one. We were. We we, we don't (laughs) script these things out in case you can't tell. Um, uh, We do do have an outline, but not a script. Uh, Right, because that's saying, my guy's probably willing to plead guilty. Well, if you were were at a traffic stop, this is what happens a lot of times at a traffic stop. An officer will say, hey, can I search your car? Is there anything I'm going to find in the car? And if you go ahead and tell me now, it's going to go better for you and the, the, the person says, yeah, there's a little bit of, I've, I've got, I've got something in the, in the middle console. Um, sometimes they'll actually flat out tell the officer, well, the officer finds an undergram of meth. Does it go better for him, Mr. Harris? Nope. Nope. Never does. Um, I, I would say one in a hundred times it goes better. Sometimes if it's, sometimes if it's just marijuana and I'm not trying to underplay, yeah. they'll do the, dump it out because you told me they'll dump it out and give you a paraphernalia ticket. Sure. Yes. Right? I've
1: seen that a couple of times. If it's just personal, small amount of, of leafy weed, then right. it's not worth them to
0: go. But and, if it's THC, if it's a vape pen, that's nope, a felony, that's felony. They're going to, yeah. they're going to hit you. If it's meth. Nope. Not going nope. any better for you. That's right. Um, now sometimes when I argue to the prosecutor for, for a plea deal, I'll say, look, the guy gave it up. He was
1: completely cooperative uh, right. respectful so, of the officer. So all can, that, we sure. a
0: a. can we get a 1244A? Can we get the minimum? Um, can we do a diversion program? This is the kid's first offense. right? Um, and sometimes, sometimes in that sense, it's helpful. But the detective has no control over what the prosecutor is going to charge you with. Um, and I, I, I've very rarely seen a, proce- a, a, a detective or a, a street officer say, this guy was super cooperative. I'd really think that that you don't need to hit him real hard yeah I don't think I've ever have you ever seen that I, don't, eh, I mean I don't know that I have
1: I, I yeah very rarely like you know the detectives that when they sometimes will see it on a patrol car video like look man I, if you if you tell me where everything's at um, you know I'll, uh, I'll I'll put in a good word for you. I've never seen that happen but sometimes like if it, if a prosecutor has reached out to the detective like just a clear, you know maybe a reduction to a misdemeanor uh, yeah and the detective says yeah you know what hey this kid is pretty straight up with me gave me no issues you know didn't resist didn't i don't have any problem with that you could tell he was nervous as hell yeah they're not going to go out of their way to to leave a note with a prosecutor like hey i like joe schmo uh who's a real stand-up guy and gave me all that meth (laughs) no no No, that never happens
0: but i i don't just to be clear I I don't think detectives or, or officers, patrol officers are bad people. Um, and and sometimes they just, they've got a job to do, right. Hmm. Um, Okay. Mr. Harris might disagree. No, Uh, I don't
1: know. I I think the majority of our, of our police officers, uh, are just trying to do their job. Um, I, and I, I think there's maybe a few bad apples. Um, Sure. And there are a few of them
0: that I think are great. Absolutely right. Yeah, that, that that I'm willing to call. Up I've and got talk to. I've got
1: two cousins that are in law enforcement. And they're great.
0: They so, are. So they must be better than you. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. So the trying to talk to the police, trying to talk to a detective. Um. If if a client's going to talk, we want them to go with an attorney. Um. There have been times where I've called, set up a DNA sample being given, right? That wasn't really the issue of dispute. We're like, of course, let's set it up so that I know that the, my client's not going alone where the officer might ask him a question because they're not, in, you know. Yeah. Um, I've also uh, gone with a, someone to talk to a detective on, a, on an issue, had things go well, had the case dismissed. I've also had, I called the detective and the police reports end with, an attorney, and then, or, or maybe I can't, maybe it's the word attorney was in quotes. An attorney, <laughs> Andrew Decker, called, I filed the case with the district attorney.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Like, like, like the the word attorney was in quotes? Like, yeah, come on, it was, man. It,
0: easy. it may have been the whole thing, like my whole name. Like, you know, he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. But not going to, you know, once an attorney's involved, I'm just going to file it.
1: Right. Well, and our, our office mate was just telling me a story, um, and and we need to have her on the podcast too. But um, she was telling me a story where she had a client, um, detectives calling that client to give a statement on on some serious charge, and the client says, "Look, I have an attorney. You can you know you can schedule that. Talk to my attorney about that." Our office mate calls the detective. And the detective says, no, I'm not going to let a third party interfere in my investigation. And don't you think that is pretty great information at trial? Don't you think a jury right. needs to hear that? Like you could have had all of the information on this case instead of instead of just making guesses. Uh, you could have you could have talked directly so, to so the source, but the you would
0: Basically, the attorney reaches out and says, hey, we're willing to talk to you. Exactly. And you go, nope, not mess. With-. Yeah, I don't want de- an attorney there. There are a nope. few detectives that have been burned. By attorney, by attorneys that won't let their client basically talk freely. Yeah, like the, the attorney hasn't done their job to get the information, so they start talking. The attorney goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't say that." Yeah. Um, and so the so I think there have been some detectives just decided it's not worth messing with us. It just bothers me when
1: you actually are in a position to get more information for your case right. file and you refuse because an attorney is involved. That, right. that just that just shows that's Bush League, to, in my opinion. And,
0: and let me be very clear. I've I've read and I've read some files, some personal files of uh, uh, of detectives or law enforcement that have had been questioned they always have an attorney present when <laughs> when they're being questioned. Oh yeah. The union will provide them with one.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you get a union rep, right? Yeah, for sure.
0: So um but then after we're done with law enforcement, we end up talking to prosecutors. Right. And I think for for sake of benefit, we're just going to say a district attorney um regardless of the level of the offense. Yeah. Um uh just for for sake of easiness. So so we're talking to a district attorney um Often, I don't know that I've had a district attorney say, if you can give me some evidence on someone else, I'll dismiss this case. Um, no, I've never had that. I've had a few where they're like, if they're willing to testify against the co-defendant, um, they have to agree to that as part of the plea negotiation for probation instead of jail time. And if they don't, it will be listed as a revocation event. I've had that happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but... Again, if you're with the DA and you say, my guy's willing to take a plea, you're, you're signaling that your client is willing to plead guilty. Right. Right. Yeah. If, if they say that to a cop, that's going to be used against him in a court. So Mr. Harris, that's right. If, if, if we signal that to the, to the district attorney, Hey, my guy's willing to take three. Right. Right. He's willing to take three years TDC. That's saying my guy's guilty. Here's an offer we're willing to kind of accept. Can that be used against my client in court? No, no, no. There's so when we start
1: talking about that, we're going to turn our attention to the to the rules of evidence. Right. And and actually this this ladies and gentlemen, open your hymnals. I mean, yeah, exactly. This should be your good book. You should you should have your your code book with you at all times. Uh, right. Practitioners out we're, we're there, we're talking
0: about T R E text rules of evidence.
1: Yeah, and um, so look at four hundred eight and four ten. So this does this is where like the rules of evidence. Um, you know, typically you would use that. Um, for civil cases, this is where it kind of dips into criminal cases. Um, you know, you're using this, you're using the rules of evidence whenever you, we talk about hearsay objections and all that in, in criminal cases. But for the most part, this is really one of those um, areas where we are uh, um, kind of sharing this code section with the civil realm. So it's statements pursuant to negotiated uh, settlements or, you know, neg- uh, settlement negotiation privilege, anything like that. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, rule, uh, 408 compromise offers and negotiations, uh, prohibited uses, um, when you are, uh, furnishing or promising or offering, uh, promising to accept a valuable consideration and compromise or attempting to compromise the claim. So basically the claim being, you know, the criminal case, you're attempting to negotiate a, a
0: disposition on that right, right. so three and, years in the pen versus five years in the pen
1: yeah and, and if the prosecutor stands up in closing and says ladies and gentlemen he was willing to accept three years in exchange for his guilty plea don't you know he did it you know that that's just improper
0: right um, but we also can't say it punishment the the state offered us five years right yeah give us five this that's what the state really right. wanted it, it it goes both ways
1: right so um, and that there's also look at, you know, don't forget section B there's permissible uses. There are reasons or ways that the state would be able to use that information. Um, you know, as, especially that last sentence, proving an effort to obstruct a criminal investigation or prosecution right. so or anything, witness
0: bias. So again, if right. we have co-defendants and co-defendant one takes a probation to testify against co-defendant two, we can actually use that to say, Hey, you, you have a bias because you got a great deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, you literally now have a bias to testify for the state, because if you don't, you're going to get revoked. You're going to go to the pen. You're going to.
1: Well, um, yeah. And personally, that's what I had. I had a, I had a, a big possession of methamphetamine. It was actually, it was such a large amount. He was charged with manufacturing and delivery. And it was two people in a car. My guy was the driver and his girlfriend was the passenger. Girlfriend ended up testifying against my client. And we used that. We we were able to cross-examine her on this purported benefit that she was going to have um, based on her testimony that, that the state was going to give her. Right. Um,
0: I don't know that it really makes a lot of difference in the minds of the jurors.
1: No, but we were trying to attack her credibility. And, right. and I think that's just one, it's just, you know, just like an evidence. It's just one brick in the wall that you're going right.
0: to use. Right. Um, all right. So continuing. So Mr.
1: 410, her- let's look at 410 now. Right. So, so this is in that area of the rules of evidence where it says like, Hey, we're the, the law is trying to encourage certain behavior from litigants. So 40, 409 is, base, is just all, you know, all civil law. An offer to pay medical or similar, similar expenses, um, 4, 410.
0: Hold on, hold on. Uh, we, say, we say A is civil law, but I think there's very something very important here. People ask, what's the difference between me pleading guilty and plea no contest? Yeah. It's right here. All right. Because... If I plead guilty and, and don't withdraw that plea at any time, that can be used against me in a civil matter later. So it's particularly in a DWI or in something in, in, in a criminal matter where someone gets hurt where you might be, or you might be civilly liable later. Um, for example, if, if I uh, am not uh, driving at a safe speed and I cause an accident. Yeah. Okay. And I plead guilty on that ticket Maybe it's like a reckless driving. Right. Yeah. Just, but just Something. a ticket. Okay. Unsafe speed ticket. Right. Yeah. Still, so criminal case, criminal case, but lowest level. And I'm like, it's $300. Just going to pay the fine. Move on. I've pled guilty. They literally can get that guilty and say, see, he pled guilty to, to driving in at unsafe speed, failure to maintain safe speed. So he's liable. If I plead no contest, to that same ticket pay the same fine it cannot be used against me in as a, a per se admission in the civil case so it does have some bearing on, on how so you might remember
1: yeah remember that um, practitioners if you have a DWI maybe where somebody that you know resulted in a fender bender and there is a civil case attached to it if you have I don't know like an obstructing a highway passageway where there's a wreck involved, um just remember that a guilty plea will absolutely be used in the civil case a no contest plea cannot now that's not going to mean that the civil lawyers aren't going to get and be able to make their case against you know but your it it but it makes a, a little bit it's right. not automatic right yeah so 410b prohibited uses in criminal cases so 410 please plea discussions and related statements and then Section B, prohibitive uses in criminal cases. So evidence of the following is not admissible against the defendant: one, a guilty plea that was later withdrawn; two, a no contest plea that was later withdrawn. No law contender. Yeah, I didn't want to pronounce that. Um, no contest. Number three, a statement made during a proceeding on either of those pleas under federal or uh, federal rule of criminal procedure. 11, or comparable state procedure, or a statement made during plea discussions with an attorney for the prosecuting authority, if the discussions did not result in a guilty or no contest plea, or they resulted in a later withdrawn guilty or no contest plea. So remember that, so our statements that we're making to prosecuting attorneys uh, in exchange for trying to to settle a case, trying to negotiate a plea offer, um, they are not to be used later, uh, in those situations.
0: Right. Yeah. Again. So, so tipping the cards that I'm willing to take three or the clients willing to take three, uh, plead guilty cannot be used later, but also saying my guy's willing to admit that he, that, that he was driving and and he had a few drinks, but he's not willing to, to, to take the hit on, uh, over a 0.15. He thinks that, that it was a bad, a a bad, um, test or a bad blood draw or something like that. Yeah. That's, that can't be used against us later. If we end up going to trial on a, uh, class a over 0.15. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if we can't prove over the 0.15, the prosecutor, uh, the, the client, the, the defendant has admitted that he was drinking, uh, yeah. To us during plea negotiations, and was probably over a point point oh eight,
1: and 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 so we're just really here to to see what level you think he's at. Like, yeah, right. that's not they can't they can't, they can't do that
0: They're right. That. But but those are those are things that we negotiate all the time.
1: Oh yeah, that that's that is standard run of the mill stuff. And if we couldn't,
0: lots of cases would just be deadlocked.
1: Yeah, there would be no communication between the parties. We would our trial dockets would be. Uh, would be astronomically large. Um, right. Nothing would get done. So, um, so thankfully, we we are able to negotiate for our clients in that way. Um, and also, you know, neither of us really do a lot of federal stuff. We have some experience in the federal federal context. And it, and if you are representing somebody that you know, maybe the DEA, uh, the the uh, Department of Justice, or, or whomever uh, wants to talk with your client. And the federal level, you can ask for what we call a free talk, maybe a rule 11 that says, hey, nothing during this session will be used against you, um, anything like that. So just remember, hey, if you, if you don't do a lot of federal law, you got some federal agencies wanting to talk to one of your clients, seek out an attorney who does. Maybe they can walk you through that. Um, we, we know several. We know several. Um, so if you are having trouble, I mean, there's, there are a ton of federal attorneys out there. But just remember that, that you do have that option available to you. Just ask for what, what they call colloquially as a free talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the extent of my knowledge in federal law.
0: Hey, everyone, everyone has some, some, some knowledge in the federal system. Um, so anything else that we think we really need to go over in terms of when you I talk to the police? I think that's pretty
1: much it, right? So one, without an attorney, your clients should never be talking to police. Um, and then there are certain search situations that uh, I, I think it's beneficial for your client to to actually give a statement to uh, to police officers.
0: Right, and make sure that they have an attorney present. Yeah. Um. So, Mr. Harith, we always ask we always ask our guests a fun series of fun questions. Yeah. We haven't asked you the fun questions in quite a while. Oh my gosh. Um. So, is there any music you're listening to now? You haven't that that you might be like, dude this 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 band or this group is really hot right
1: now Oh man no i mean still for me jason isbell is uh is still the truth uh i'll, I'll listen to him all the time um the but no that that's basically it nothing has changed nothing
0: has changed nothing well i've, I've changed. got a book i've got a book <laughs> that uh uh that that i've been reading um uh it is a texas history book that just came out uh, about a year ago and it is it is a big, big book, um, uh, and I'm looking up the the the, the actual long title. Um, uh, we are always a, a prepared big, big, for wonderful our- thing. A history of Texas by Stephen Harrigan, and when I say it's big, I mean it's it's I, a I don't, tome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's for those of you who have a Code of Criminal Procedure on your desk it's it's as thick or thicker than that it's 800 pages it is well sourced it's entertaining it's lots of little vignettes you can read like a chapter and get just some cute stories but some of them are just really powerful um some of them yeah but but it's yeah. been a it's a fun read i've i've i've, I've almost finished uh it's my it's That's sitting good on my man nightstand. That, you
1: know what i like about that too is it's like it, it's um edutainment right it's entertaining but it's educational it is, I, i've it just been doing straight right. entertainment reading or audiobooks i don't have time for that i just yeah i mean i i don't know <laughs> what it is I, i've been driving a bunch and uh and so I, I i listening to you know uh dwi books or whatever on, right. on audiobook right. is yeah so so, the, so i'm the throwing best. out
0: a book for everybody and then uh that's have a great you, have you gotten a new piece of advice anything for uh
1: don't be a jerk no i mean that's about it i love the advice that
0: uh that all of our are um,
1: I'm amazed how many of them are interviewees.
0: Like, be, smile, be a yeah, nice person. Yeah. Don't be a jerk.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to take that to heart. And we did year. not
0: take the Mimi coffee uh, advice of, you know, make sure your, your office is on, <laughs> you,
1: on airport freeway. <laughs> right. Yeah. We didn't follow that. We one, don't have but, that one yet. Yeah. Maybe someday.
0: So, well, for Andrew Harith, I'm Andrew Decker. Um, you can find us on, uh, Apple podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Google podcast. You can find us on Facebook at, uh, Andrew and Andrew on Texas criminal defense.
1: Y'all leave us a note, um, leave us a comment, send us an email. We, we are starting to get more, um, contacts through our website, texascrimdefense.com, uh, just on, you know, uh, episode topics or guest, uh, interview, uh, requests, anything like that. So, so just sh- shoot us a, a note and we will help you out also if you do have any clients that are you're not you're not sure if you should be talking with the police and just want to run it by somebody we'd be happy to to talk over some fact patterns with you um maybe send you to uh even better uh, attorneys than us to uh to run that by um but but we are not uh we're always happy to help so give us a, give us a shout thanks y'all